From the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation, this is the Wisdom Chain Podcast. I'm Tim Olson. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode two of the Wisdom Chain podcast. If you're wondering exactly what the Wisdom Chain is, or if you want to hear the first speech from our first annual Wisdom Chain Day that we held in Medora on June 15th of 2021, make sure you download episode one of this podcast. That episode had a snippet of philosophy from the founder of the Wisdom Chain. That's Dick Anderson. It also had a great speech by TRMF President Randy Hudson Bueller. Today, we're keeping it in the TRMF family, literally. The second speech of Wisdom Chain Day was delivered by someone with deep ties to Medora. In fact, in the early days of the Medora musical, he was a stuntman in the show. He went on to a distinctive and highly successful career in the public sector as governor of North Dakota from 1992 to 2000 and as U.S. Secretary of Agriculture from 2008 to 2009. Today, he serves as the chair of the board of directors for the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation, and he has plenty to share about the wisdom of work. Here's Ed Schaefer. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you all for is this. Uh, yeah, okay. Sorry. I'm Scandinavian. I have to talk with my hands. Um, so anyway, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us here on uh, Wisdom Chain Day. I mean, we, we're looking forward to this. I think it's going to be an exciting time. And, you know, I was thinking about Tim's introduction and all those titles. Um, you know, often people don't know what to call you. You know, a lot of people just say, you know, I couldn't keep a job, you know, so I just kept going down this chain of work. But um, um, so, you know, people say, well, the former governor, the past governor, I, um, uh, I never really appreciated my mom Shyla's introduction, which was always, she said, here's the late governor, Ed Schaefer. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm glad to be here alive and well today. And uh, it's good to be with you. I, you know, we're talking about the wisdom chain, and Randy showed us the chain, and he, you know, has gone through the exercise a little bit. And I was thinking as I was preparing my remarks today, okay, the wisdom chain is a good visual, and it's a nice thing to look at. How do you make it happen? You know, how do you make it work? And so I thought that I should talk about that today, and I changed up the idea. We need more mic. We need more mic. Oh, I turned the mic on. Okay, I'm not. It's not this one. It's this one. Let's see. It's both actually. Oh, this is recording you, and this goes out. To I the see. Thank you. Yes. Better. There we go. Okay. Better. All right. So, anyway, how do we make the wisdom chain work? How do we accomplish those tasks? And I kind of thought that I would talk about the wisdom of work today in the hopes that we can figure out how to accomplish these things that we set out to do. Um, so I thought I'd talk a little bit about that work. I'm going to use some words of work. Um, if you want to write them down, that's great. Sometime I'll ask you to add some of your own words to that. But as we walk through, um, here's 
my wisdom of work. So I hung up the phone and thought, holy cow, how did I ever get into this situation? The call was from the White House Office of Personnel. They were asking if I would consider being the Secretary of Agriculture for President George W. Bush. Um, now, you know, I kind of hit my phone afterwards and they call the right person. I mean, what, you know, it's one of those calls out of the blue you just never expect to get. But I'm a follower of Jesus. And the first thing that came to, my, to mind to me was the scriptural verse, create in me a clean heart, O God. So I had to contemplate this and how a clean heart to me meant I had to set aside my ego, admiration, potential headlines and accolades that might come with this. Why would we want to do this? I had to remind myself of Nancy's and my commitment to serve. And I had to dig into the guiding principles that I have set forth for my life. Serve all the people all the time. Tell the truth. Do the right thing. Solve the problem. Would I be able to apply these? I mean, we're talking about the federal government here, right? Solve the problem? You know, I'm not sure, but uh, you see, I had to get my heart in the right place before I could even answer the question. But answer the question we did, and we were blessed to end up in that post in our nation's capital. I think our time there was best summed up in an experience that Nancy and I had at Camp David. Um, we were on a tour of one of the most secure compounds in the world. You ride in a golf cart because vehicles aren't allowed on the, on the uh, area. Uh, so we're riding around in a golf cart playing Where's Waldo? You know, trying to spot all the camouflage Secret Service guys all over the place. And, and um, we were imagining the global affairs that were influenced in that place. Our driver and a guide was a Navy ensign, and at one point in time, she stopped the cart. She turned and asked, what's the most interesting thing that you have discovered today? And I thought for a second, and I said, the fact that we're here? <laughs> it's like... Wow, but you know, you never in my wildest imagination would I have ever risen to the ninth in line of presidency of the United States of America. Which, by the way, only means that every morning you pray really hard for the health and welfare of eight other people. <laughs> so, um, so, and I can assure you also that no one, no one else ever thought that I would get there either. But... Um, so I had, let's go back to the question, how did I get there? The first thing that comes to mind is Nancy and my family motto, the sign of God is you will be led where you did not expect to go. But in thinking about that and trying to craft a message for this event, the question changed for me is, how did I get here today? Um, I kept coming back to one word, work. It was my work that started me out. It kept me going. It landed me on top of those mountaintop places. And I'd like to explore a little bit of what that word work means today. My dad's motto was work creates business resulting in profits with which to build happiness. 
But work was more than a motto for Harold Schaefer. It was his life. He was always a happy camper. He didn't seem to worry too much. He found the positives in any situation. When I, was ex when I would explore his countenance with him, he would break it down into a pretty simple view. He would say, I don't look at things as risk or reward or what they bring to me. I just know that the good Lord gave me the ability to work hard and I can keep food on the table and a roof over your heads and clothes on you kids. Work gave him that. And it was pretty much all he asked for. Thankfully, the results of his work took him way beyond those basic needs and he generated big profits that built happiness to many and still does far beyond his lifetime. Harold Schaefer's life, I think, can be summed up by Theodore Roosevelt's observation while living and working in this area. The future president talked about work on the ranch. We knew toil and hardship and hunger and thirst. We saw men die violent deaths as they worked among the horses and cattle or fought, or, or fought evil feuds with one another. But we felt the beat of hearty life in our veins and in our veins, and ours was the glory of work and the joy of living. Theodore Roosevelt and Harold Schaefer found joy and glory in these badlands through their work. Now, how did these two larger-than-life individuals wind up in the same place? How did I end up here today? How did you end up here today? Now, I'm hoping to build a chain of words here, reflecting at work. Um, so the first words that I've been talking about are happiness and joy. How does work bring happiness and joy? My father got his first job, his first paying job, when he was eight years old. He always had some kind of work after school, and he often talked about the happiness that he had when he had a little change in his pocket and he could buy a piece of candy or a bottle of pop for another kid after school. And think of the simple joy that generosity to brought to others during those hard scrabble early years in Glen Olin, North Dakota. His father died when Harold was 16. And he decided it was his responsibility to provide for his mother and his two siblings. Off to work he went. And Harold Schaefer's trail of work to profit to happiness was born. The next word of work is serve. I guess that's two words actually. But um, one cannot think about work without serving others. Sure, we serve our customers, we serve our bankers, our employees. But work brings about service to others. Our son Eric owns a web page design and service company in Tacoma, Washington. He talks about work as a commitment, a commitment to others. If the result of your work is going to benefit another, you have to take that responsibility to serve that other person well. For work to be a catalyst for another, one needs to expand your knowledge and your expertise. You need to learn better skills and take the responsibility to grow in performance and character. 
A servant leader also has a responsibility to instill in employees and family the desire to help others, to surround that work with a culture of caring. So let's add some more words to the chain. Desire, and maybe culture, too. We have embarked on a process at the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation to identify our values, to articulate them and instill in our culture um, our guiding principles for the organization and our employees. We work hard to create a culture of a family organization with family values. And here's an example. Our focus person today, Dick Anderson, was visiting Medora and, tended, and attended the Medora musical. Now Dick's a spry 92-year-old, and he was walking up the steps when our employee, Susan Axvig, uh, noticed that his shoelace was untied. She bent down and tied it for him. The culture of servant leadership at the TRMF brought safety and comfort to someone else. I like that word, comfort, work bringing comfort. Uh, for our organization to be successful, and I think, Randy, your, your comment about ordinary people, I think the people that work for the Medora Foundation are extraordinary, by the way, but for our organization to be successful in the future, we must continue to instill the values and character and work leading to the comfort of others. Our son Elijah was born in Sudan and learned about work at a really early age. His parents were the proverbial dirt poor and scratched out a living with some livestock and meager crops. They gave a small plot of land to their children. And it was responsibility for the kids to plant it and plant a garden and to tend to it. And when they were able to sell some of the fruits of that labor, the money went for food and clothes. And Elijah learned that work creates the basics of life. During the horrible civil war in that country, his parents were murdered. And Elijah escaped to the jungle and joined the Lost Boys of Sudan. Think of the work that it took for 20,000 kids to spend more than a year walking over a thousand miles and ending up in a refugee camp in Kenya. 10,000 of them survived. For him at the time, work meant survival. But growing up in the camp was hard. The kids lived in dirt floor tents with one meal a day of rice. Elijah, remembering his garden, thought if he could find some work, maybe he could get some better food and clothes. He gleaned straw from the fields that surrounded the camp and he went down to the riverbed and dug up sand and shaped and sun-baked bricks and he sold them to the camp authorities. He worked with his bare hands and his ingenuity to provide for himself and his tentmates. And to this day, now living and working in Fargo, North Dakota, he puts aside a portion of his paycheck every time to a fund they put together to help others in their community. And he sends another portion to his cousins back into now what is South Sudan for their welfare. Words to add to the list, hard and survival and life. 
I'd like to talk about mission next. Our daughter Ellie owns a strategic communications and event programming company in San Francisco. She talks about her motivation to work as a mission. She spent two years on the road with Senator Barack Obama, who was campaigning to become president, because she believed in his mission of structural and social change for our government. You know, campaigning sounds really fun, you know, and it is for about the first 10 minutes, you know, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of hard work and impossible hours and it's a lot of stress. But she spent eight years in the White House as a special assistant to the president, and you can't imagine the chaos and the impossible work expectations that are in a place like that. But through Ellie's commitment to the mission, her work helped change our country. Her wisdom chain is work to mission to better people's lives. And bettering people's lives is how we create a community. And community is where we generate standards and morals and character. Theodore Roosevelt found work in this cowboy community and it changed his life. He learned about frontier justice and helping a, lending a helping hand that a hard day's work brings the rewards of friendship and honor. T.R. was a blue-blood New Yorker, Harvard-educated, and carrying the prejudice, prejudices of an isolated and controlled life out east. He soon found that life on the prairie was independent, but relied deeply on those beside him. When you're working side by side on a prairie, it doesn't matter about creed or color or personality when your life depends on someone else's work. He returned to New York a changed man and went on to become a healer, a conservator, and a champion of all people. I don't think he ever had much time for slackers, though. He said, don't flinch, don't foul, hit the line hard, he said. There are so many words to add to the list here, I can't even count them all. I hope, I hope you're keeping tabs on this. But speaking of working side by side, my dear spouse Nancy grew up in a small farming area in north central Montana. And she talks often about working side by side with the women in her community. Of course, the women were doing the work while the men were out playing with their machines. But that's another story for another time. Preparing a church dinner for the community and cleaning them afterward brought much wisdom to Nancy's young learning experiences. But as much as the stories were told, the observation of people and their work, their character and their commitments taught her more than anything. While the work was being done, stories of family and heritage and problems and crops, harvest, failure, victory, we're all weaving the fabric of the community together. And they weaved it together with friendship and fellowship and camaraderie. And that's what a meal in a community brings. Um, there's just something about sitting at, a, sitting at a table, eating together, that just makes things better. Tensions and difficulties turn into friendly banter and hugs and handshakes and society is warmed. What do we put on our wisdom of work chain here? Uh, fellowship. The power of fellowship, of reacting with other human beings. 
Nancy still contemplates her lessons at the clothesline, she calls them. In a house with no running water, her mother worked her hands raw with a wringer washer and then had to lug the baskets of laundry all the way across the farmyard to hang on the line to dry in the sun. During those times, her mom talked to Nancy about life and philosophy and boys and families. Her mom shaped and molded Nancy's life with subtle conversations why she toiled and sweated and cried and laughed with the work at hand. At the knees of her mother, Nancy learned that family is precious. And she had an important role to help build a community, working together for the common good and bonding friendships that will last through the good and the bad and the ugly times. Friendships that last, last a lifetime and lessons that last beyond. Do you see the chain here? Work to life's lessons, to common good, to lasting friendships. You know, there are many, many words to add to this list. What are yours? How do you look at it? How do you define work and what are the rewards that are brought to you and to your family? Will you take some time to be informed about that? How will you answer that question? How you answer that question will be the signature of your life. Now, I noticed that, or you noticed probably, that my talk today included observations of our family. And I did that because as I was contemplating the wisdom of work, I realized one of the most important things we need to focus on is our legacy. I believe in passing along the heritage of work is one of the most important responsibilities that we have. We have with us today this gold statue. Um, I don't uh, know if, if you noticed when Kinley, our historian, uh, brought it in. He had some white gloves on, so you know, I'd urge you to admire it, but don't touch it. <laughs> um, but this, this um, gold statue um, is, um, was given to Harold Schaefer by his employees on occasion of the 10th anniversary of Gold Steel Company. Um, the statue was modeled from a drawing in a national magazine. I think it was Life magazine, uh, which was captioned with one word, work. This is a statue, as you can see, is a pioneer, an axe in hand, almost looking forlornly onto the horizon. And that one word, work, was there. Work to find my father's life. Work defines your life. Will you work with us to ensure that it will define lives of the future? Will you help us protect and preserve the legacy of work that we have here? The TRMF is embarking on a new mission, building character-based leaders through work and education in Medora. It will be a huge task in this ever-changing values world we live in. But I'm confident that the fruits of our labor will benefit mankind. This is the little box that Randy almost tipped you off to. Um, this, sat, this box sat on Harold Schaefer's desk for as long as I can remember. He always had it with him. Um, I know we'll, we will succeed in our mission because of what is written inside. 
The cover encourages us with the secret of success. That's what it says. The contents are one word. Work. Theodore Roosevelt said, do the best you can with what you have where you are. Harold Schaefer added, no one can do more, no one should do less. Winnie the Pooh said, you're braver than you believe, you're stronger than you seem, and you're smarter than you think. And I say, I wish you Godspeed in your work. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Chain Podcast. Next week, hear from entrepreneur Laurel Nelson on the Code of the West. We'll talk to you then.